This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 790, Flashback, Wednesday Comics. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. This is episode 790. It's another flashback episode where I just kind of uh, take something off my shelf that uh, has... Well, I do this in two different manners, usually. It's either a flashback or it has some sort of personal connection or I just want to go back to a certain time or a comic talk spotlight where I talk about a specific thing that uh, doesn't really fit the regular criteria for me of a flashback or just something I want to talk about. Usually it's more modern, but it's not always the case. Um, So today... What is today's flashback? So we're actually going to go back 11 years. We're going to go back to July, I believe, July 2009. Um, quite a, an interesting little experiment that came out of DC Comics that uh, I always really liked. Um, I actually don't know if I have my singles anymore, which I'm kind of sad about, because at the time I was like, I'm really glad I have them, but they're kind of unwieldy to kind of keep in store and take out, and as much as like they're really cool, like you're trying to, you know, there's just something about you know our comic book collector mentality is to keep things in good condition, even if we're not like people who are worried about pristine. We want it to be you know readable, but like not you know dog-eared or anything like that. Typically, uh, most comic book fans, I would say, uh, there's a reason why we have them bags and boards, for example. So uh, Wednesday Comics, uh, it was uh, an experiment from uh, from DC where you know, it was on actual kind of newsprint, and you got these big you know adventure kind of ideas. Serials was I think the main idea from the. Uh, the original editor and the guy who kind of put it all together, Mark Torello, uh, at DC. And it was his, basically his, his brainchild, his love child. And I mean, looking at the creative teams, it is kind of bonkers that you have all this top flight talent and people don't talk about these books more. You had a Batman story by Brian Azzarello with art by Eduardo Riso. You have a Commandy story by Dave Gibbons and art by Brian Sook. And I'll get to that, but that's gorgeous. You have a Superman story by John Arcudi with art by, art by Lee Bermejo. You got a Dead Man story. Um, I'm trying to remember. Some of these were not. I'm actually. I have the hardcover, you know, oversized edition that they came out with um, to kind of collect this, and that's kind of my preferred format. It's easier to get to, easier to read. But there is something. There is a charm in the original singles that were on the newsprint, and you can actually kind of unfold them. And the idea is that you know each page would be one serial, and it went. I think what twelve issues? Yeah, twelve issues. And so you got these these beautiful you know, one page, you know, stories and each issue was 16 pages. Each story got one of those full pages when you folded it all out and it's just gorgeous. Uh, you have a dead man story by Dave Bullock and Vincent Hueck with Arbor Dave Bullock. You got a Green Lantern story by Busick and Joe Quinones. You have a, a metamorpho story by Neil Gaiman and Mark Alred, uh, Teen Titans by Eddie Berganza and Sean Galloway, Strange Adventures, um, story by Paul Pope and Jose Villarubia. You got a Supergirl story by Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor. I uh, got Metal Men by Dan DiDio with art by Jose Lu- Luis Garcia Lopez uh, and Kevin Nolan. I'm trying to remember which of these. Yeah, so okay, there's there's some stuff that's in the hardcover. I just want to make sure that I'm, uh, you know, not saying something that showed up that wasn't nor- originally there. Uh, let's see what else does I'm on. Uh, we've got Wonder Woman by Story and Art by Ben Caldwell, Sergeant Rock by Adam Cooper with art by Joe Cooper. That's one hell of a team up. You got a Flash uh, serial by Carl Kersh- Kershaw and Brendan Fletcher. You got uh, the Demon and Catwoman. 
by Walt Simonson and uh, Brian Stelfreeze. And then you have a Hawkman story with uh, the story and art by Kyle Baker. And, sorry, Kyle Baker. Um, and then you have two other stories that were not in the original um, monthly newsprint, which is a Plastic Man story by Evan Dorkin and St- Stephen DiStefano, and a Beware the Creeper story by Keith Giffen and Eric Kinnett. So that's a lot of really top-flight category, um, talent. Uh, it won the 2010 Harvey Award in the be- category Best Anthology, the hardcover, I guess. Um, was it the hardcover? I guess it was the hardcover that would have had to win that. I'm trying to remember. Or maybe it was the original serial. Now I don't know. Um, what a, what an experiment, though. Um, if you if you have the hardcover, you get to read this beautiful introduction by Mark Torello, where he talks about you know where this came from and the idea that you know way back in the day, you know when newspaper strips were king, um, and you didn't and you know you didn't have other mediums like this is where kids got their adventure stories and you had adventure strips and that was a really big part of the day, and then those kind of went away over time. And like I remember growing up. I mean, I'm pretty young. I was born in '83, but you know, I remember seeing. You know, you'd have the small little space for the, all the different competing strips on the daily newspapers, and then on the weekend, you'd have. Uh, you know, I think ours was called the Saturday Funnies uh, in the Toronto Star that I, uh, my dad would, would get, and it was its own little section. And I'm pretty sure it doesn't exist anymore. But you know, it was back when again, cartoon strips were big, and but they weren't. They were still bigger, but they're not not like they were in the heyday because they weren't about you know Prince Valiant, they weren't about Tarzan, they weren't you know about these adventure strips. They were generally speaking you know comedic and sly, and but you know very different. I mean, you got Peanuts, um, was it Blondie? You know those types of things. That's what I remember, and I always liked them for better or for worse. Um, shout out to Curtis Finley who works on the uh, for better or for worse um, hardcovers collecting the entire series um, with the original creator um, so I mean they're so you know they they were a thing and then they weren't a thing and then they're, they're very much kind of disappeared now but uh, Mark Trilla come up came up with this idea to kind of resurrect that kind of feeling and you'd have these full page uh, you know adventure serials and it's really it was really something now it is nice to have the only problem is it was really cool to read it as it was coming out because you pick it up every week going back and rereading them is a little bit more problematic than your typical comic because you're pulling out the full kind of newspaper and you're unfolding it and maybe you're just reading one story at a time that's a lot of work to get one story whereas at least this beautiful hardcover edition you're able to kind of page through it a lot more quickly um so i'm just going to talk about them a little bit in sequential order and just kind of you know what the good the bad and the ugly i don't think there really was any uh, anything ugly about this there were some that i th- i don't always think used the format as as well but i think it was definitely an intriguing experiment to see how different people uh kind of were able to rise to the challenge and adapt their work so the first thing i want to talk about is a batman story by azarello and reno um this was again it was an interesting story because by using this format, you have these big time jumps. So you have like brief moments in like each page of the story, and then you're jumping to another moment. Um, I think at the time when I was reading it, I don't know if I was really enjoying it as much as I now can appreciate it. Um, the the pacing is really interesting. Um, again, because you have basically these twelve separate, well, not separate scenes per se, because some of them kind of pick up off of the last issue. But it's just an interesting pacing, and you're not always sure exactly what's going to happen next. Um, it's really fascinating and, uh, kind of, and dark and tragic and, uh, you know, in the artwork is supremely well 
you know, suited for that. I also liked how each issue has, you know, the, the Batman kind of marquee at the top with different colors to kind of accentuate it. And this is an interesting thing that I remember from the original is that, you know, it was on newsprint, so colors work a, cer- a certain way. And seeing it in the hardcover, you get to see this much more lush colors that would not necessarily have been what they look like on newsprint. It's actually too bad in some ways that they couldn't have like a kind of a more newsprinty collection. Uh, obviously, I understand why they wouldn't have, but uh, it's intriguing. Uh, the next one sequentially or in the book is uh, Commandi, The Last Boy on Earth by Dave Gibbons and Ryan Suck. And immensely enjoyable, high adventure, because uh, that's, you know, if you're getting a commandy story, that's really what you're going to do. Uh, it really feels like it captures an old school sense in a way that the Batman strip didn't. The Batman one felt very modern still. Um, whereas this, I, I think a big part of it is Ryan Sook's artwork is absolutely gorgeous. So much detail. Um, the storytelling is very crisp. Um, it's interesting to see the different page layouts and, and how kind of he lays out each page. And again, I also love seeing how they position the, um, uh, the the banner, you know, the the kind of the masthead, and even the kind of the next week, the next issue, kind of intros, um, super fun, super like, it just it's such a great story. Um, I think they really had an absolute ball in terms of telling a you know a crazy adventure story with these characters, and I think it was probably one of my favorite of the bunch. Artistically, it just really I think worked well with the format. I think it just felt at home. Um, and I also like that I think at the end of the first and fourth, sorry, first and twelfth uh, installment, um, I'm just double checking here, you had a little Commandy banner around, around the bottom, um, which had Commandy created by Jack Kirby and a Jack Kirby, I believe that's a, an actual Jack Kirby Commandy, and just says a, a Detective Comics publication, which I liked. And again, that's only on the first and twelfth uh, installments, uh, but it's a nice little capper to kind of remind you that uh, you know this is the king, um, and it's a very you know, old school kind of a concept. Uh, then you have a Superman story by Arcudi and uh, Lee Bermejo. And I, I think, I'm not a huge fan of Bermejo, but I think it did, similar to what I liked about the Batman one, where we were kind of jumping from one, you know, location to the other in terms of how the stories were the story was being told. Um, I think it kind of fell into that, um, you know, very well in terms of kind of moving to the next piece of action or to the next major story. Um, Bermejo is not my favorite. And I think at the time I didn't, I didn't really appreciate it as much as I do now. I think looking at it now, I can appreciate the storytelling a lot better. Um, it's interesting how big sometimes the panels are, um, which, you know, you have Ryan Sook using much tighter panel um, construction, whereas here it's much larger. It's also just nice to see classic Superman because it's before the new 52. So he still looks like Superman to me. Um, so it's again, but it's, it's definitely a much more modern feeling um, story. The, in the last chapter, there's a, a great use of the Daily Planet as kind of a, a, a white cutout in the background. It's such a weird but interesting way to, to tell it. Uh, then you have a Dead Man story. This is by Dave Bullock and, uh, as I said, Vinton Huck. Um, and this felt like it really packed in a lot and played with the structure um, in terms of how you could lay pay, you know, and I'll get actually into this later with the Metamorpho story, but it felt like it really played with the storytelling structure and how you could, you know, kind of make the page work. Um, you had, you know, in some issues you'd have a, like a larger panel in the upper right-hand corner. Then you'd have like lateral panels moving beyond it. And then in the next one, you'd have like a huge panel at the top, which kind of works through, you know, it guides your mind uh, as it's kind of like a dead man going through like a swirl. And then you have smaller panels below. So I really liked how, 
they played with the structure and how you would lay out panels, and it was never really different, and it always felt like it was very akin to the, the action that was happening. It even felt like at times where um, you know the, the art would become a little bit more cartoony with some of the big action, and then it was a lot more detailed with some of the more character-centric moments. Um, really dug it. Um, again, I think it really fit the style of the experiment, um, and was such a fun story. You had a Green Lantern story by Kurt Busiek and uh, Jose, sorry, Joe Quinones. And uh, I think, again, at the time, I don't think I appreciated the art style, and now I think I can appreciate it a lot more. Maybe it didn't work as well on Newsprint, but um, it's a little cartoony, but I think the colors and everything kind of pop, and it's, it's, it's a different style of Green Lantern, but it's a fun kind of, um, you know, big, large-in-life action. Again, it's interesting to see how they're able to use the space. Like, the second last chapter is really an interesting way of showing Green Lantern kind of flying through, and then you have these smaller cutaway panels to kind of show what he's actually, the actual action, what he's doing. Um, probably one of the most intriguing from an artistic standpoint to me is, and I, I have said on the show before, I'm not a huge fan of Allred. Um, and, but this is one of the moments where I think I really appreciated his art. Uh, you got a, It's a Neil Gaiman story. It's a me- big metamorpho story, and it's bonkers in terms of how intricate it can be. Like, the second and third chapters, especially when you put them next to each other, you have Metamorpho walking through a landscape, talking, and then you have, like, other adventures or stuff is happening at the bottom. It's a message for you from the Metamorpho fans of America. And I like how that kind of runs at the bottom of these these two uh, chapters, and you have Metamorpho walking through this big, like, um, you know, ruin. And it's such an interesting visual because it, it it's just one giant panel but it doesn't feel that way it feels like you're walking through the panel because he's showing you know the characters as they move through different actions and you're having them kind of talk as they walk through it so again really interesting art and then you know you have pages where it's a lot more full and you have a lot more dialogue and you know there's a lot happening on the page in terms of what they're talking about there's a whole there's a page where it's just like a um, which we'll call it the uh, snake and snakes and ladders uh, is takes up like half the page, but it's basically a snakes and ladders page. It's so interesting, like the choices here. There's a whole two page, two installments where you have um, you know all the different elements, and they're basically on a periodic table, and they're highlighting like they're using the periodic table. Um, as a way of you know changing like the dialogue is influenced by what would be on the on the periodic table and you have the letters that would be you know on the periodic table for you know for each element uh kind of larger and bold so you kind of notice what's happening like it's so fascinating and i'm curious like you know obviously this is neil gaiman's idea but seeing how Alred is able to make this work i'm very curious what their collaboration was like on it and how much you know, were they talking to each other about how to make this work? Like, again, there's such interesting concepts done here. They really push this to the limit. And that I find so fascinating. Like, you're not just getting, you know, this fun Neil Gaiman story with Metamorpho by the Alreds. You're also getting a real tour de force on how you can lay out a page. I can lay out a type of panel that works like the, these old school serials. Uh, so interesting, and again, I can appreciate it even more, having it all at once in the hardcover and, and being able to kind of put the, the two-page spreads that were o- over two different installments together and seeing how it all works. It's just mind-boggling how well put together it is. Uh, you have uh, Teen Titans by Eddie Berganza and Sean Galloway, which at the time, I don't think I really appreciated, again, the artwork by Sean Galloway. Uh, definitely a little bit more of an animated style 
uh, in terms of the way the characters look, the way the colors are. Um, but the story is definitely kind of fun, and it's you know it's nice to have all the Teen Titans working together. It's interesting too because of you know the, the team is weird. Like it's just not that it's weird, but it's not always what you expect from a Teen Titans team. Like you have some of the more classic kind of expected members, but you know you also have Blue Beetle and Red Devil and like some very modern members of the team from the period this was published, which kind of makes it less of a. Like, a lot of the other ones are very much, like, iconic portrayals, and this is less of that. Uh, you got Strange Adventures by Paul Pope, and this is as pulpy as it gets. It's super pulpy, super detailed. I love the, the colors. I mean, I'm colorblind, so I don't always know about the colors, but they're, I would say, desaturated. They're a little bit more muted, but I think it works so well. And then when you have more of a, um, you know, the, the differences in the different colors really pops off the page, and that's coming from a colorblind person. Um, but I just loved how subdued it was, and just such a really interesting well put together story you get a, a really fun supergirl story by jimmy palmiotti and amanda connor i've actually had my son read it in the last couple of days the art really pops by uh oh it's by paul, our old friend paul mounts uh doing the colors here and it really pops it's really got some fun vibrant colors which i think work even more on the um the paper in the uh in the hardcover collection but it's a really fun story with streaky and crypto and supergirl and it's it's just a hell of a lot of fun and very enjoyable and i would say very you know all ages friendly i uh, got metal men uh by dan didio and jose luis Gar- jose luis garcia lopez um which i don't think you can get more iconic kind of artists than that and the art looks great um, I have to be honest, I have not read this one in a while, um, so I, I can't remember about the story, but it's very evident that Dan DeDio loves the Metal Men. So from what I remember, I remember enjoying it, and again, very kind of classic uh, style. Um, now, I'm not going to say I don't like the next one, but I was never a huge fan of The Wonder Woman by uh, Ben Caldwell. I think part of the reason that I found it, especially when it was first being published, is I found it incredibly difficult to read because there was so much dialogue. Um, there's The panels are super small and tight. I don't always know what's going on. And there is an absolute avalanche of dialogue. And with each page, it feels like the, the panels get smaller and smaller and the dialogue becomes more and more. And so visually, it's just not very inviting to the eye. Um, whereas a lot of the others, they kind of reined it in and they had these giant panels and you really got to enjoy these big moments um here like you get a few pages of that but for the most part a lot of it feels very uh, claustrophobic there's so much writing there's so much kind of being told to you and there's not a lot of space to really enjoy and look at what they're trying to tell you um so that i to me kind of defeats the purpose of something like this which is so visual um, you got Sergeant Rock and Easy Co, and which is a very fun story. Well, I don't know if you call a war story fun, but a very rip roaring adventure with Sergeant Rock and Easy Co. And who better to do it than Joe Kubert on the art? And you have Adam Kubert uh, writing it. And uh, I just thought this was such a such a fun. Again, fun's a weird word, um, but it was a real adventure, and I liked it. And it was a very interesting, you know, story of Sergeant Rock and seeing. Like I never really read a lot of Sergeant Rock. Um, I knew he was, you know, all he was to me was DC's Nick Fury. So this was, uh, for me, an interesting story to kind of show more about his character. And again, it was great to have these, you know, have the Kuberts collaborate on it. Uh, you have Flash by Carl Kershaw and Brendan Fletcher, which has, is a super amount of fun. And what I always liked about it is that you had a very different style um, for 
especially in the first, I think did they continue this the entire time we had two different stories in Iris West story and a flash story. And eventually they kind of, you know, let up or, or merge more. But at the beginning you had the, you know, the top half was this story and the bottom half was that story. And there was a slightly different uh, visual se- sensibility in terms of the colors, uh, for the uh, Iris story. But, um, I super, super liked it. And, uh, I thought the portrayal of, uh, Barry was extremely on point. Uh, then you have Walt Simonson and Brian Stelfry is doing Demon uh, and the Catwoman. And uh, I will, again, admit, this is one I don't remember a lot of. And I remember thinking, the Demon, you know, Rosal Ghoul, no, no, Etrigan the Demon, um, which is, again, an interesting um, choice to kind of team up or have a story between Catwoman and Etrigan the Demon, not two characters you really would generally put together. And i got to say, I don't remember much of it. Um, but it, it visually it looks, you know, quite stunning. Uh, then you have a Hawkman story by Kyle Baker, and this is probably again one of my favorites. Uh, really leaning into the you know more classic Qatar Hall version of um, of Hawkman. Um, really liked how they used the masthead and how they used it to kind of recap a little bit. Um, the action and adventure felt very pulpy, very you know old school, and I feel like it really captured what. Mike Travello was trying to do by, by doing these series of books and kind of harkening back to those old school um, adventure strips. And that's what you got here in a big way. And then the backups, um, not backups, you had a, a quick story with uh, Plastic Man and, uh, and uh, the Creeper. And I'm, I'm unsure why they were never included in the, in the full initial run of the series. But um, yeah, this, if you can find the hardcover, I think it's the best way to probably enjoy it. Well, not the best way. It's not the way it was intended uh, by any means, um, because obviously the way it was intended was in the original newsprint. Um, but the hardcover is a, a really nice other way to appreciate and enjoy this. I think it's probably pretty hard to find. I'm a little sad about that. Years ago, my cats decided they'd like to chew on the uh, the front edge of the cover of this particular volume, and so it's not in the best of shape. And you know, the spine, I think, I don't think was uh, the best in terms of how it was bound either. Um, but uh, it's an, an immensely enjoyable read. Um, it's got a lot of different st- styles and characters, and uh, you know, I, I don't think it, it's very. I think there are issues in here, or pages in here, which I would say are, are practically sumptuous in terms of the detail and the how exciting it is. Um, just got to make sure you keep your, your version in good health, because my hardcover is uh, not in the best of health, and I wish it was a little bit better. But again, it's uh, so many different stories. Um, it's nice to have such a cross-section of creators and different styles of storytelling, um, styles of characters and how they're used for different stories, but uh, this is one hell of a volume. I think of my favorite, as I mentioned, uh, The Metamorpho, Commandi, um, Strange Adventures, Hawkman, and Sergeant Rock were really good. And I, my, my son has walked into the room and has decided to tell me that the Supergirl story I should definitely mention because, again, he loved it. But, uh, yeah, Wednesday Comics, that's from 2009. It was a lot of fun. It was 12 weeks in a row. Uh, what a project. Um, I feel like DC used to try more experimental stuff like that, and uh, it's too bad when they don't try again, and I don't know how the sales were on something like this, but you know, I hope they did okay with it. I mean, it was it was a lot of fun as a reader. Uh, you can email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. You can rate the show on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and also listen to us on Stitcher as we get closer and closer to episode 800. And uh, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.